Okay, let's pray together and then we'll open up God's word. Your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Everything we need, Lord, is in the scriptures through Jesus Christ and the work of your spirit. And I pray that you would do a powerful work in our hearts now, Lord. I want to pray especially for those of us who have been seeking to wait on you for something, some longing in our heart for some fulfillment of your promise, and and it hasn't happened yet. And I pray that this morning would be life-giving as we learn how to wait patiently on you. So, Lord, please come. Use your word, use my words, and work by the power of the Spirit to strengthen our faith and teach us more of who you are. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, here at Mercy Hill Church, we are very excited about God's promises. You know that. Because faith means trusting all that God promises to be to us in Jesus Christ. So we trust Jesus Christ. But what does that mean? And the scriptures are full of God's promises of what it means to trust what Jesus promises to be to us, who he promises to be to us. So some examples, he promises to forgive our sins through his death on the cross. We've sung about that this morning, 1 John chapter 1. He promises to give us all the wisdom that we need for decisions that we make. This is huge, James chapter 1. He promises to provide for all of our needs, Philippians chapter 4. He promises to comfort us when we go through difficult times. And the list just goes on and on. The scriptures are full of who God promises to be to us in Jesus Christ. And so because of what Christ has done on the cross, because we're trusting in him, you can know 100% for sure that God will keep every promise he's made to you. He has never broken a promise yet. He will never break a promise. You can trust him with 100% certainty that he will fulfill in your life every promise that he's given you. But that does not mean that he will fulfill every promise in the time that you think he should fulfill it, or when you think he should fulfill it, right? Think about Abraham. God had promised him a son. How many years went by before the son was born? Decades, okay? God fulfilled the promise, but Abraham had to wait on the Lord in the meantime. And some of you are waiting, You've been praying for something. You've been longing for the Lord to work. You've been seeking to wait patiently. And it is not easy when God, in his love and in his wisdom and in his goodness, to bring you something choice from his presence, he oftentimes chooses to wait so that we need to wait. And that can be deeply powerful, but it also is a hard process. Now, here's the good news. God loves us. And he's given us a passage in his word to help us at those times when we are seeking to wait patiently on him. So let's turn there together. This is going to be, I'm praying, very powerful for many of us. It's Psalm 119, verses 81 through 88. We're going through Psalm 119. We're halfway through now. Okay, so if you need a Bible, by the way, raise your hand. We always like to say we want you all to have a copy of the scriptures in front of you. The Bible is what we're about here, Mercy Hill Church, studying, learning, living, sharing the Word of God. It's Psalm 119, verses 81 through 88. By the way, in the Bibles we just passed out, it's page 514. 
is where this passage is. Now remember the situation the, the psalmist, the author of Psalm 119 is facing. He's in the thick of a very painful trial. He mentioned in verse 69 that there's these insolent men who are smearing him with lies. Just imagine how that would feel. You're being publicly slandered. People are looking at you. They've heard something just flat out wrong about you. But the rumor is spread. Everybody knows now that the rumor which you know is not true, they think it's true. As you walk through the streets, people are whispering, people are pointing, people are laughing, people are looking. In verse 78, he says that they were wronging him with falsehood. Very difficult trial. But the psalmist knew the promise of Psalm chapter 50, verse 15. This is a beautiful promise where God says, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I shall deliver you and you shall glorify me. So the psalmist knew, call upon me in the day of trouble. God's going to deliver me. I'm going to glorify God. Okay, Lord, I understand that promise. And so the psalmist was praying, God, deliver me. The psalmist was pleading, stop these insolent men from slandering me. The psalmist was crying out to God, please, Lord, come and help me. So he'd been praying fervently, earnestly, passionately. And yet God, in his wisdom, in his love, in his goodness, to bring something even better, had chosen not to fulfill that promise yet. Again, some of you know what that feels like. Okay, Maybe it's uh, the salvation of a child or a loved one. Maybe it's a work problem that's just ongoing, chronic, painful. Maybe it's a health issue you've struggled with. Maybe it's a a ministry barrier you're just trying to break through. Maybe it's a personal area of struggle you're dealing with. Maybe it's a relationship, marriage, child, parent, whatever it might be. But you've had an area where you've been asking God, work, work. I think this fits the parameters of your promise. Please work. And God in his wisdom and in his love and in his goodness, has not yet chosen to do that. And when that happens, we face some unique temptations, don't we? We can start to get bitter against God. We can start to be angry against God. We can pull our hearts back from God. We can become distant towards God. And the psalmist faced those temptations. And God gave him grace to fight off those temptations. And we see in these eight verses how he did. This is what he prayed when he was waiting patiently on the Lord. These eight verses. Look at what he prayed. Let's read them right now. Verse 81, start there. My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. My eyes long for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? For I've become like a wineskin in the smoke. That's like dried up, shriveled. Yet I have not forgotten your statutes. How long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? The insolent have dug pitfalls for me. They do not live according to your law. 
all your commandments are sure. They persecute me with falsehood. Help me. They've almost made an end of me on earth. But I have not forsaken your precepts. In your steadfast love, give me life that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. Because I studied these verses this week, I saw nine ways that the psalmist prays which enabled him to wait patiently on the Lord. So here's what we're going to do this morning. Something a little different. I'm going to go through these. I can explain them each one at a time. But after I explain each one, we are going to take time right now, silently, each of us just individually silently, and pray that one for a minute or two. Now we'll go to the second one, explain it, what it means. And then we're going to take time right now, silently, to pray it. So what I want you to do is to think about, I would guess all of us have an area in our lives where we've, we need to patiently wait on the Lord. So think about it right now. Think, think of which one, because I want you to kind of take that one and carry it through as we pray these nine prayers that he prays. And I'm asking the Lord, Jerry and I have been asking the Lord this week as we've talked about this, Lord, would you come? Because some of you are discouraged. Some of you are on the brink of hopelessness. Some of you are weary with waiting. And we're asking that God would come as you individually, just quietly to yourself. We're not going to make you stand up and say anything. Just as you quietly to yourself, as you pray what the psalmist prays, we're asking the Lord, come and meet Mercy Hill Church this morning. Encourage those that are waiting. Strengthen the faith of those who are longing. Bring your power through the word of God to do something new in our hearts. So that's what we're asking God to do. Now, let me encourage you, no matter how far from God you might feel, no matter how much you might have sinned against him, God has made a way for you, as you are, to talk to him and have him receive and welcome and love you as you come. He's made a way for you to do that, no matter what's happened in your life up to this point. And the way he did that was through Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. So as you turn your heart from sin and trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, as your Lord, as your treasure, you can be absolutely assured that no matter what's happened in the past, as you say, God, Father, I'm coming to you in Jesus' name, He is smiling, He is welcoming, He is loving, He is moving towards you. So there is no one here this morning who says, well, They all can pray because they're all so spiritual or they're all so religious or they're all so good. That's not why any of us can pray. There's only one reason, one huge, powerful, glorious reason that we can all pray to the creator of the universe. It's Jesus Christ who died on the cross to pay for our sins. We're clothed with his righteousness by faith alone. And so no matter what's happened this morning on the way to church or five years ago, You can talk to God right now through Jesus Christ. So let me pray right now. I just want to pray and ask God to come. And I want to lead us just to confess our sins afresh and put our trust in Jesus so that we have that assurance that we can come before the Father right now. So let's pray. I'm going to lead us. Father, thank you for sending Jesus Christ to pay for our sins. 
Thank you for his perfect life of righteousness, which we can be clothed with by faith alone, in him alone. Thank you for that. Right now, we turn our hearts away from sin. We turn our hearts to you and your holy son, Jesus. We trust you, Lord. And just in the quietness of your heart, just ask the Lord, Lord, come and meet me now as I pray these verses this morning. Just ask the Lord in the quietness of your heart. Ask him to come and meet you right now. Ask him. That's our prayer, Father. Come and move upon us now through the word of God, for the glory of your son, Jesus. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so how does the psalmist pray in order to wait patiently on God? First, he tells God he longs to be delivered from the trial. Makes sense, right? Look what he says in verse 81. My soul longs for your salvation. The word salvation is a broad word in the Bible. Uh, Here, it does not mean having your sins be forgiven and having you be reconciled to God. That is crucial for salvation, but the word salvation can be broader than that, and that's not what it means here, because this author has already been forgiven for his sins and reconciled to God. Here, what it means is that God would answer his prayer to deliver him from that trial. That's Save me from the trial is what he's praying. And so right here in this verse, the author tells God, I long to be delivered from this trial. I long for this. I want this to happen. And so he's, he's pouring his soul out before the Lord. My soul longs for your salvation. I long to be delivered from this trial. So, silently, just right now, with whatever that, that, that trial is, that waiting issue is, just in the quietness of your heart, let's take a minute or two right now and just pray and tell God how you long to be delivered. You long to have him answer. You long for the waiting to stop. Go ahead and tell him that right now. Let's pray. If you're struggling with prayer, just ask him to help you. Help me to pray. And don't let the people around you distract you at all. This this is you and the Lord. And he's giving you his undivided attention as you're coming to him through Jesus Christ. Undivided attention. If you've already prayed everything you can think of about that, just go ahead and and pray it again meaningfully. Um, Just 
before him. Pour your soul out before him. Let him know. He knows that you long for this, but it's so good for you to tell him and to, to open up your heart to him in that way. Okay. Here's the second prayer that he prays. He tells God that he's hoping in God's word. That's the rest of verse 81. My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. So he's telling God, Father, I hope in your word. What does it mean to hope in God's word? It means to trust specific verses in God's word. It means you open up the word of God, you see the promise, you see the word, you read it, you understand it, you you trust that what he says, this is God's words, that, that he will fulfill what he has promised. Now, I put Psalm 50, 15 in your notes, and I think we're going to kick it up here on the, script, on, the, on, the, on the slide. Next one. There we go, okay? Psalm 50, 15. Now, this covers every trial any of us are facing, okay? Day of trouble, okay? That's, so here's what I want you to do. Notice this promise. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. So read that promise and put your trust in God's promise of ultimate deliverance. You realize that, that heaven is ultimate deliverance from every day of trouble, right? No more tears, no more death, no more crying, no more pain. But God often likes to, loves to deliver us from trials here and now as well. So we just put our trust, we hope in God's word. So read that promise, put your hope in God's promise, and tell him that you are hoping in his word. Tell him that, just write to him. So go ahead and pray that right now. If you're having a hard time hoping in that promise, ask him to help you. Pray uh, what Mark 9, 24, I believe, help my unbelief. Go ahead and pray that if that's the state of your heart. Third, third way that he prays, verse 82, he seeks comfort from God and he asks when it will come. Look at verse 82. My eyes long for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? There's two different ways that God, God comforts us. One way he comforts us is by removing the trial. Okay? We all want that one. We pray for that one. Nothing wrong with wanting that and praying for that. 
Another way, though, that he comforts us is before he removes the trial, he will comfort us by, by bringing his his grace to us, bringing his nearness to us through Jesus Christ, by pouring his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And so here he prays, My eyes long for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? Comfort me by removing the trial. Comfort me by pouring your love into my heart. Comfort me, Father. So he seeks comfort from God and he asks when it will come. So go ahead and do that right now. Just pray between you and God the Father through Jesus Christ. Ask him to comfort you. Seek his comfort and ask when it will come. Go ahead. Fourth, fourth way that he prays, he tells God how this is affecting him. That's the point of verse 83. Look at what he says. For I've become like a wineskin in the smoke, yet I've not forgotten your statutes. Okay, so when a wineskin is put in smoke, it, it gets dried up and shriveled up. It doesn't look pretty. A wineskin in smoke, it's okay. And so what he's saying is, even though, even though I feel dried and shriveled up like a wineskin in smoke, I've not forgotten your word, Lord. But so he's, he's acknowledging to God how this trial's affecting him. I'm like a wineskin in the smoke. I feel like dried and shriveled up. And, and it's powerful when you can come before the Lord and say, Lord, look, I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm struggling. I need your help. When we come before God, we don't need to like pretend like I'm, I'm, I'm holy, I'm righteous, everything's great, I'm trusting you completely, praise the Lord. If you are, great. If you're not, then tell him what is going on inside of your heart. That can be very powerful. I mean, the Lord already knows the state of your heart, but for you to be able to open your heart up before the Lord in fellowship, openly saying, here's the state of what's going on inside of me, it's very powerful. And that's what he prays here. I've become like a wineskin in the smoke, yet I've not forgotten your statutes. So think about the trial you're dealing with right now and tell God honestly right now how this is affecting you. Tell him right now. Let's pray and do that.
Okay, then fifth, he humbly asks God how long this has to go on. That's verse 84. How long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? Isn't that powerful? It's important to pray this kind of a prayer humbly. There'd be a way to ask how long that would be full of unbelief and full of bitterness and pride. We don't want to pray that way. But there's a way to come before the Lord with a broken and contrite heart, with a sense of neediness, and say, Lord, how long? How long are you going to do this? I trust you, but I'm asking you because I want this to stop. I want, I want the answer to come. And so pray this verse and ask God humbly, Lord, how, how long? How long? And let him meet you in that. So go ahead and pray that right now. Again, you can ask God to help you pray. Help me. The Holy Spirit will, will, will stir your heart to pray. So ask him if, you, if you're needing help right now. Okay, then sixth. He tells God the details of the problem. That's verse 85. He says, The insolent have dug pitfalls for me. They do not live according to your law. Okay, now, God already knows this, right? God knows what the insolent are doing. He knows that they have dug pitfalls for him. He knows they've been smearing him with lies. They've been accusing him of false, uh, with, with falsehoods. So if God already knows the details, why tell God about the details? Okay, well, the answer is because it will do your heart good to talk to God about what's going on. It'll be helpful for you to fellowship with God in the details. Lord, this is happening and this is taking place. Because otherwise you're holding those things back from him, but it's powerful if you can bring those and to have communion with God in sharing with him the things that are going on. So pray this. Take some time and and, and ask God, or just t- tell God the details of the trial, the difficulty, which you've been waiting for him to do. So go ahead and, and take some time right now and let's pray that.
Okay, and then seventh, he asks for God's help. End of verse 86. Look at that verse. He says, all your commandments are sure. They, these insolent men, they persecute me with falsehood. Help me. So, it's a crucial part of waiting on the Lord is to ask him for help. Strengthen me. Fulfill your promises. Give me wisdom. Change the people's hearts around me. Whatever it might be, lift the trial off, deliver me from the trial. So take some time right now and ask the Lord for help. Ask for God's help. Those last two words, help me. Okay, so pray and ask God to do that. Then eighth, he tells God he's not forsaken his word. Verse 87. They've almost made an end of me on earth, but I've not forsaken your precepts. What a powerful statement. Now, you may not be able to pray that prayer. Okay, Maybe you have forsaken God's precepts. Maybe you've become bitter. Maybe you've pulled your heart back from the Lord. Okay, Well, Jesus Christ stands before you with all the forgiveness you need. And so you can... Confess and say, Lord, forgive me. I I have turned from your precepts. Forgive me. Help me. I want to be faithful to your word. I don't want to forsake your word. So if you have not forsaken God's word by his grace, if that's the truth, then tell him, Lord, this has been hard, but I've been faithful to you. And none of us are perfect, but if that's been substantially how you've been living, then tell God that. But if you need to ask him to forgive you for having forsaken his word, then do that too right now. So take some time right now and pray this. Okay? Okay, and then ninth and last. He asks for fresh spiritual life so he can keep strong in faith. Verse 88, he says, In your steadfast love, give me life that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. So this is what sustains us as we're waiting on God. It's just fresh outpourings of his presence, fresh revelation of his glory, fresh strengthening through the word of God. And so take some time right now and ask God, just that exact prayer, give me life. Give me life so I can keep strong in faith as I'm waiting on you to fulfill your promise, which I know you will, but give me life so I can keep strong in the meantime. So ask the Lord that as well.
good. Amen. Join me and let's ask the Lord to meet these brothers and sisters. Lord, we pray that you would come upon these who are being called by you to wait now. And Lord, help them first of all know that this is not unusual, that that it's not some problem with them, but Lord, you call every one of your choice saved children to have times where we wait. And so Lord, comfort them with that. Strengthen them. Give them um, encouragement in the word. Lord, let them meet you powerfully as they're waiting, we pray. And we plead with you, Lord, that you would bring deliverance, that you'd help them. So bring your power upon them right now, we ask in Jesus' name.